Hey guys, it's the lawyer's daughter. I'm Jennifer Carroll. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm doing something a little bit different. Um, I just had a first therapy session with um, a therapist who's been treating most of the victims and, um, or many, I don't even know most, I'm sorry. I'm like kind of out of it, but I want to, I want to do this because I need to tell you something and I want to share it with you and I want to be as truthful and honest about it as I can. And I need you to see me because this is pain and this is what it looks like. It's really important. <sighs> My whole squad's here, all four of them are here. So funny. How funny is that? They seem to always know. Anyway, um, it's really important that I tell you the truth and that you know the truth because I don't know how else to do this. I really don't. One of the things that's been so hard about this whole stupid effing crime is how other people tell your story. So, of course, we were in the Michelle McNamara book, Ben Terrell, I think like three and a half pages or something. Maybe it's five and a half pages. I don't know. Um, but it's a little bit. And it's, they didn't do any research. They never talked to us. We didn't, I didn't even know the book. I didn't know Michelle McNamara. I didn't know any of that stuff. So, sorry, breathing. So, when HBO reached out, they sent an emissary and met with her. Very nice woman. We had breakfast. Citizen Hotel downtown. By the way, Citizen's nice, but I don't know that it's like, all that honestly but okay sorry not here to do hotel reviews sorry it helps me sorry a little distractions helping me if i can make myself laugh that helps me okay so in that meeting that first meeting i had with the representative their emissary i was assured i mean assured that this story was going to be about the victims and that there would be no harm done and that they were going to do everything to fix the things that were done wrong in the book the things that were incomplete you all you guys know i've had an issue with it i really take reporting responsibly as something that's core to my being and I tell you guys when I'm not sure or if it's gossip or if it's rumor or whatever that is and even in doing this I want to be super clear and I'm going to try to watch my boundaries really carefully because I want to make sure that I tell this from what I know and from my point of view which is to say there could be um I mean, I don't, I never know all the things, right? We never do know all the things. There are many sides to every story. There always are. So I try to tread lightly in that regard. But right now, I don't know what else to do. So as you know, the episode three of um, the docuseries comes out on Sunday night. It's coming up. In that show is the stuff that I'm concerned about, that I've been upset about. And I've been pushing and pushing. So I don't know if everybody knows how this has worked, but we saw the um, screening of the docuseries the Saturday, a week before the plea hearing. So it wasn't the Saturday three days before, it was the Saturday a week before. And when I saw it, um, needless to say, I was really upset because there was, there, were, there was a picture of my dad and Charlene dead in the bed. And I hadn't understood fully about the stolen files from Orange County. And I will continue to call them stolen. That is my point of view. I believe they were stolen. It certainly sounds that way when they squeal with delight about what they got. And I mean McNamara and crew. So um, there's this picture of Dad and Charlene, and it was really hard to see because I haven't looked at death photos. Okay. It's if you can imagine, I'm so glad we were on watching a tiny little Macintosh. I was over at Chris Pedretti's house with her family, who were wonderful. And thank God their home theater thing didn't work for some reason because we were watching this weird 
limited streaming weird thing, highly regulated thing. So we ended up watching it on a goddamn little Macintosh, which I think now is a gift. I'm trying to, there's as many gifts I've been given, and that was one, I think, because for me, the picture was really small. Okay, but I saw, I mean, it was clearly there. And then Paul comes on, and you'll see this, and he comes on and explains that D'Angelo pulled the covers tightly up under my dad's arms. Oh, my dad, you know, he had his arms behind his back. D'Angelo pulled those covers up tightly so that my dad couldn't move. Well, there's, of course, much more to that story, and I don't want to share it. But it makes sense why he did it based on what my dad was doing. Okay, so as we know, none of us were in that room except for dad, Charlene, and D'Angelo. So what Paul holds is next um, upset me tremendously. Like, I basically leapt out of the chair. He says, and like, and I don't have this verbatim. I'm sorry, I didn't get it verbatim. So you'll see it on Sunday night, and, and you watch it, and you'll see it. I, I don't, I'm not watching it, but you'll watch it and see it. And he says something like, unlike the other crimes, sorry, it's so upsetting to me. Unlike the other crimes, get a grip here. Unlike the other crimes, Charlene was raped in the bed next to my dad. And I knew that was wrong. I just knew it was wrong instantly. First of all, we all sat through, well, those of you that had the temerity to sit through the plea deal last week, we know his MO. His MO is nothing if not consistent. In fact, some of the compassion fatigue I think many of us experienced by three o'clock in the afternoon was that it was so the same. I mean, sure, he dialed up one thing or another at different times, but it was so the same. Terrorize, cut off someone's ear, using the same exact words, so the same. Always to move the woman away from the man to rape her. Always. Always moving the woman away for the rape. But Paul wants to put this in this thing that's terrible because I don't want my brothers and my uncles, and I don't want all of you guys to think that happened because... That means my dad would have endured even more, and it's just wrong. So because I heard that in the show, um, I called my prosecutor, Cheryl Temple, the amazing Cheryl Temple, fucking hero, my Shiro, Cheryl Temple. And I said, I, I actually texted her on Saturday night that night. I texted her and I said, I need to ask you, this can't be true. And she's like, okay, we need to talk. And I, I appreciate that she didn't respond on text. That was not the place to respond. So since we were heading into the plea um, hearing, I didn't get to hear back from her until Wednesday of that week. So this is the Wednesday before the hearing. And it's hard. So anyway, uh, yes, that's true. The Wednesday before the hearing. I, I believe immediately, and I'm going to show you some emails in a minute, and we'll go look at the dates, but I believe I immediately asked HBO to get that picture out of there, or at least doc, show me the documentation that showed they had authorization to use that photo, because our case is open. It's technically still open until sentencing. It's a real live case, and those files that left Orange County were open cases, and they never, ever, ever should have left and put, put in the hands of someone else, especially someone that was going to use them for profit. That's what she wanted the files for, for profit. I'm, I'm so sorry that everybody wants to have this delusion that Michelle McNamara was going to somehow solve this case. It's a shared delusion. It's magical thinking. But it also led a lot of people to do really 
bad, negligent, risky things to put our whole case, our whole case at risk because of this delusion. Okay, let me get back. I, I, I don't want to lose my point here. Okay, so it's Wednesday before the plea hearing. And Cheryl calls me at about five in the afternoon. And I, so we get into it. And she asked me if I really want to know what they could put together, what they were able to reconstruct. And I said, I, I think I have to because I need to know what's true because I don't know how to fight all of this. And, and I don't know how to describe to you guys how many fights there are. And, and I sit every day trying to decide which fights to fight because we all know at 58 years old, you don't fight every battle. That's just ridiculous. You don't fight every battle. But there have been so many people telling our story and that stupid, stupid Anne Penn, and she, she's her own whatever over there, but she's caused me so much difficulty. And then we have Colleen Kaysen, who I guess is writing a book, although I find it interesting she's writing a book, but the family doesn't know about it. I had to hear about it from Dr. Speth, our forensic, forensic um, investigator, who's the one that got the extra DNA. He's the one that told me that she's writing a book. F frankly, honestly, I, I don't even really care if people write books, if they would just actually include us and, and get the story straight and be kind and be kind and not do more damage. Okay, so if you could just understand the shit storm I've been in prior to coming up to the hearing that on Wednesday night I had to hear what else happened in that house. And you don't need to know that it's not good. It's not good. It wasn't good. And I don't I don't want to ever have my brothers know. I don't want effort to my uncle to know. I don't want them to know because it's just because I've taken on this as my path in this and it's I feel like it's my responsibility to just protect my family. Maybe it's misguided. Maybe not. But it's just what I need to do. I have nephews. I have a daughter. Hopefully I'll have grandkids. I would like them to not know everything. So in, in that 90 minutes, it was the worst, the worst 90 minutes of my life. But it was clear. It was clear. Cheryl felt very comfortable saying she does not believe in any way that that happened. Okay, so I took that information. In fact, I wanted to get it right. So I actually worked with an attorney friend of mine. I said, I need some free legal advice. I want to write this email to the HBO team in a way that is clear that they are overstepping. And also, I swear to God, they promised not to hurt us. I know. Everybody right now is going, Jen, you stupid, stupid idiot. Why would they give a shit? Why would you trust them? That's my brother. That's what my brother says every time. Don't ever trust anybody, which is a shitty way to live. It's a shitty way to live. So let's say I trusted them 50%, but I didn't actually think they would be dicks about this. I'm going to share the email so you can just see what you think, because I'm characterizing it as being a dick. It's probably worse than that. It's, it's, it's almost callous, probably. But again, I'm going to show you the email so you can decide. So that after I talked with Cheryl and worked with that uh, attorney that helped me, turns out, this is where I mean the universe just keeps doing things that are helping me. So I don't think I'm going crazy. He said, you know, I have a, this binder and I think I know what Paul Holes is talking about. 
this man is friends with the man in Ventura who stayed on the case as many did, you know, just one of those guys who kept researching the case and kept thinking about it and looking into it and trying to solve the Ventura murder. Well, he has this thing it's called a narrative. And I got to ask Larry Poole about this last week at the hearing. Okay, this is good. I can just take a minute. Okay. So I saw Larry and I asked him about this narrative. This narrative was written as I understand it. And Larry said, yeah, that's what it was for. If you imagine, you have to go back to 2002, roughly. I don't have the exact date. I'm trying to get my hands on the narrative. But around then, it's a story about the crimes from Southern California and Northern California, written in a way such that he could shop it to other jurisdictions. So as you imagine, um, you have to go out. Like they, couldn't, they would run out of leads in California. They just were out. They had tried and tried. I know I had talked with Larry several times about this over the decades, honestly. They were trying and trying to find this guy based on his MO. And it was a pretty consistent MO. And so they wrote this narrative. And I know Larry even talked to me like they were going to Interpol and everything. Like, do you have any crimes that kind of fit this pattern? Like this, this, which we now know really clearly was a very distinctive pattern. But at the time in 2002, it wasn't quite so clear. So Larry had written in that narrative about Chardon being raped in the bed because they just didn't know. So, and then so much more forensics and stuff have been done since then as well. And going back and looking at all the reports and what we had or what, not we, what Ventura had. I want to see it. They have a whole bed. They have a whole wall. They have carpet. They have furniture from my dad. I mean, they took everything. So, and now I know a lot more about why, but um, they took a lot of stuff out of that bedroom. Okay. So that narrative went out to get people to be interested in the case, but it was not intended to be a fact-based narrative in terms of what be equal to. It's so funny. I call my my articles, my murder book, but actually apparently there's a real murder book that they use. At least that's what uh, one of the detectives told me. There's a real murder book they use that have the real facts. I imagine it's probably like um, Kat and Chris and Keith Comos's book, Kat Winters and Keith Comos's book, where it's like just this compendium. That would be more like the murder book, right? With the compendium of all the evidence and the specifics and everything. Um, okay. So that was from 2002. That's what Paul is basing this on. Now, mind you, I got to be really clear about this. Paul, I don't know what his credentials are, but it's my understanding he's not a beat cop, not a detective. He has been a forensic researcher, as I understand it. I, mean, I, I don't know. I need to go get that my shit together on that front. So you go look up his resume, but I'll tell you this. He didn't, he's not part of the Southern California cases. He wasn't part of our case. He wasn't an investigator on the scene. I don't even know how much time he spent on our case, but for him to make that comment in the movie to me feels absolutely positively sensationalistic and garbage, just garbage. So when I saw him on Monday, I, after I talked with Larry Poole, I saw Larry Poole first, I think. I don't remember. There's probably pictures. I need to get that posted. But Larry, I saw, so I saw Paul and I went up to him and I said, Paul, there's a scene in the movie in the docuseries that um, I need your help with. I need you to get it out. Right now they're saying they'll leave it in, but they'll put a, um, a disclaimer on there that, or something that it's his hypothesis. By the way, the hypothesis, I didn't swear everybody, but I just flipped off the hypothesis. Um, okay. So 
I don't need a hypothesis. I just don't need a hypothesis. We can all come up with a million hypotheses. In fact, pro boards are loaded with them. So is Reddit, so is everything else. And we know 99% are BS. Thank you. Anyway, I said, Paul, can you please help me get this out? I need it out. It doesn't need to be in there. It's going to make my brothers and my uncle really upset if they hear this. He looked at me in the face, and I need to say this because this is so true. He looked me in the face and said, I will be happy to. I will absolutely help you. Yes, let me talk to Elizabeth Wolf about that. I told her that's who I'd been working with. Told him that's who I'd been working with. Looked me in the eyes, guys. This is what you need to know because I believed him because I'm stupid that way. I, I try to hold myself accountable and I hold others accountable and I believe them when they tell me something. Well, today at, um, just before my therapy appointment with this very amazing woman, everybody said she was amazing, she's amazing. Um, and I got the email from Elizabeth Wolf. And so I wanna share with you the chain because I want you to see it because here's the thing, when that shit comes on a Sunday night, I want you to know it's not true. I'm happy. The cat wants you to know it's not true either. Um, I'm happy to, I, 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 I can't make the, the docu-series go away and I, I don't need to. It's not even, it's like barely even about us. I mean, it's really about Michelle McNamara and I don't care about all that. Like they can have it. That's fine. If you're into Michelle McNamara, God love you. Good. Have your journey. It's fine. Like I can still live in that world where that exists and I exist. That's fine. And you can like what you like because I think that's really healthy too. Everybody has to be able to think for themselves. But I need you to know when you're being manipulated and I need you to know when you're being played. Look, it's my brother. I can't take that call right now. Anyway, I need you to know what's true and when you're being manipulated because that to me is the most important thing and that's the thing that I'm that's the thing I think I'm fighting I think that's my I think that's my battle is that it's one thing to be participate in true crime and really want to find the bad guy and really care a lot about the victims but if the people telling the story are are manipulating you are exaggerating are stretching the truth are being sensationalistic are doing things that are um in my mind, completely uncool, it actually caused harm, hurt me, hurt others, then we're in a whole nother world. So let's, let's go to the email. I'm going to share my screen. And I'm going to start this with, uh, sorry, I'm still taking deep breaths. Okay, so here, here we go. I hope, I hope you can see this. It starts here. It's the typical um, Gmail kind of reading where I got to go from the top up. Um, so here we go. Uh, I wrote this, I, oh, I, I initiated this with a text to Grace, who you'll see here. It was a text I sent to her and I said, this is not okay. This needs to come out. We need to do something. The, the picture of my dad and Charlene have to come out. And that quote from Paul Holtz needs to come out. So I didn't have Elizabeth Wolf's contact information. I, I don't even know if I know who she is. She thinks we had breakfast together, but I, I don't think we did because I don't, I can't even think of when that would have happened. I know I had breakfast with Grace but I don't know any of the other things. So that, that doesn't really matter. It's just, that's how, like, I don't even know if they know who they're talking about, honestly, sometimes. Okay, so anyway, I sent this text. This is the email I got from Elizabeth. Hi, Jennifer. I am one of the producers and directors of All Be Gone in the Dark. We had breakfast together back in 2018. I don't think that happened. Grace shared with me your request and I'm looking into it and I will be in touch when I have more information. That was Wednesday, June 24th. So um, that's, uh, not that is that Wednesday when uh, I talked with my prosecutor that night. So then I was just trying to get it done. So um, I replied to her that Wednesday at six in the, six p.m. and I just got done with uh, 
the talk with Cheryl. So I was, I'm pretty raw, actually. I was, I, I don't think I've cried so hard ever and I can't stop crying. I'm so tired of crying. Crying is so overrated. Anyway, I said, I don't remember breakfast. My apologies. I finally be able to fact check one other thing. The quote from Paul Holes, who did not investigate our case. He says, Charlene was raped while lying next to my dad. It's unproven and needs to be removed. There's no way in hell my brothers or my uncle can hear that speculation. No way. I'm still a wreck from hearing that and I'd never heard it before. That's because it's a guess, not a fact. It's damaging and superfluous. Okay, that was my reply to her. So just so you guys know also, when Joe Alsip was tried uh, down in Ventura, I had gotten a copy of the transcript and I read everything, like including the contents of their stomachs. So I had never seen anything like this when Paul Hull said that it really did send me spinning. All right, so that's Wednesday, June 24th. I got a reply back from her um, on Friday. So two days go by and it's 5 p.m. So two full days go by. Hi, Jennifer, thank you for reaching out and sharing your concerns. I'm interested that she characterizes it as concerns, but okay. We were able to remove the close-up image of your father and Charlene on the bed. In regards to requests to remove Paul Hull's dialogue, we cannot remove that line, but we are clarifying that this is his theory. Thank you again for speaking up and your participation in the series. Okay, I'm not speaking up and I'm not sharing my concerns. I'm literally saying, you don't have authorization to use the photo and what Paul is saying is not true. In fact, she's willing to now say it's a theory. That emphasizes how not true it is. It's extra, it doesn't need to be there. Moreover, oh, I forgot my point. Um, oh, moreover, she plays a game here with the words close-up image of your father and Charlene on the bed. We were able to remove the close-up image. I feel like, now this is where the rhetoric comes in, thank God I studied rhetoric, but I feel like that was a word game because she managed to use the word close-up. In fact, I didn't even realize it was close-up because I was on that little screen. Uh, that makes me even feel more sick, honestly. Just, it, the picture's just awful, okay. So then I talked to the lawyer um, and got more information and um, said that, uh, sorry, sorry, I have to go up to the next one. And I took, I talked to the lawyer and I said, okay, I need to come back with this. So I didn't do it until this Sunday because I just, I just, uh, it's, I can't even explain to you guys how hard this stuff is. And it, I hate doing this. This sucks. That's all I can tell you. This sucks. I, this is my message back to Elizabeth. Please confirm the photo has been removed completely. Based on your sentence, it's not clear what's happening. You can remove, you can remove the Paul Holes theory, actually. Let me make this a little wider because it looks like it's truncating if you want to see it, actually. Um, please confirm the photo has been removed completely. Based on your sentence, it's not clear what's happening. You can remove the Paul Holes theory. It's wrong. It's incredibly hurtful. And let's be clear, it's not a theory, it's speculation. And it's wrong. I confirmed with Larry Poole on Monday, it was based on a document from 2002 that was a narrative, nothing fact-based. I also spoke with, I'm sorry, I'm shaking guys. I also spoke with Paul and told him he was wrong and he said he'd follow up with you. He did and he actually said he'd follow up and ask them to remove it. Guess I'm full of shit apparently. Grace assured me this wasn't going to hurt the victims. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Paul Hull's speculation on our case is frankly reckless. And now that you've confirmed it's a theory, you're making a conscious decision to do the wrong thing. I just wanna emphasize that. They're making a conscious decision to do the wrong thing. 
Grace assured me this wasn't going to hurt the victims. I can't even tell you how many times she assured me of that. Again, like the book did, and yet here we are. Keeping Paul Hull's speculation completely undermines the public narrative that this production is pro-victims. When the rest of my family and the others hear that completely false speculation, and I'm repeating Ventura says it's baseless, Ventura meaning the district attorney's office, you're choosing to do harm. In fact, because of that speculation, I had to learn things about what happened to my dad and Charlene to confirm it was false. Chalk up another McNamara win for me. First the damn book and now this. Just so the team knows, this has wrecked me. I feel ravaged. I spent the week before the plea hearing trying to understand the truth and what I've learned has affected me in ways I never expected. I am deeply disappointed in almost every aspect of this mess. Okay, so here's what comes back today. And I just want you to appreciate, let me just read it first. This came today, 125. I'm sorry, let me just compose myself a second, okay. Hi Jennifer, thank you for your follow-up. We appreciate hearing your concerns and have taken them into consideration. We removed the photo you flagged in episode four. Oh, it's in four, okay, not three, threes this week. We've also taken care to blur other instances of crime scene photos where your father and stepmother appear on the bed. Oh, there's other instances. I didn't even know there's other instances. So I don't even know what photo they removed because apparently on my tiny screen, I didn't see all the other instances, but now they're blurred. Gosh, I feel so much better. As for Paul Holes's comment, we've received your email. After we received your email, the audio was edited. To clarify, it was Paul's theory. Let's just be clear, they were able to edit. So I just need to be on the record to note that, that they were able to edit. We have confirmed with him that this is a theory he stands by. Well, fuck him very much. And last week's court hearing did not, and, and last week's court hearing did not dispute his theory. No, that's not what I said. I said he told me he would help me get it removed. And by the way, if it didn't dispute his theory, I guess he wasn't sitting in the same room. We hoped that by making this change, we would alleviate your concerns. This line appears in episode three, and unfortunately at this point, episode three airs Sunday and no other changes are possible. At this point, at this point. Thank you for participating in the series and sharing your family story. Again, we appreciate you taking the time to raise these concerns. So there you have it. Um, apparently I was just raising concerns. I wasn't protecting my family. I wasn't trying to prevent harmful information coming out that's not true. I didn't ask for very much, honestly, not very much at all. I know, like a 30 second thing that's gonna be in the show this week. And then I guess the blurred murder photos that I still don't understand how they're authorized to use from an open case that were not released to them by the Ventura District Attorney's Office or the Ventura Law Enforcement Office because they know how to keep their cases locked down. Nope, she's addressing my concerns. She thanks me for my concern. So you need to know because you guys have had my back and I don't need you to make a stink and I don't need you to fight a battle for me. I don't, that's not what I'm looking for right now. I just need you to know that behind the scenes, there's a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit. And I thought long and hard about doing this because it's super humiliating to come on a video and cry. But honest to God, many of you actually participate in true crime and your hearts are in the right place. And I need to just dial up your bullshit meters. 
I need you to know and start to pay attention to when people are being played. I need you to see sensationalism when it's out there. There was one that was posted yesterday in a very sweet Facebook group about Paul Holes saying, D'Angelo was faking and I'm going to prove it. Just wait. And he has something he's going to share. Fuck you, Paul. You're making money off of it. That's what you're doing. You're just making money off of it. I don't even know that I want to deny you that. But this is bullshit. You don't need to ramp up our anger towards D'Angelo. We're angry. I don't know that there's a way to be more angry. D'Angelo managing himself and whatever he chooses to do is like his little world. It's not the real world. The real world's us. The real world's the people who are surviving and we're, we're going to be damned if we're not going to go help other people. That's the job. That's our job as victims. It's to fucking go help people. It's to be resilient and to tell the truth and to listen to other people's truth and to go forward and bring good. Not to play on people's emotions and say, I'm going to prove to you D'Angelo is faking. No shit, Sherlock. But you want to get paid. I get it. Okay, so this is really for all you guys. All you guys out there who do this with me. I consume true crime too, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you my BS detector is high now. And I want you to have yours on high. I want you to always ask, why are they doing it? What's their motivation? Who's getting paid? I want you to know that people get stuff written about them that's not the truth, and we don't get, there's not a damn thing we can do about it. That Larry Crompton book, he completely outed stuff about people, about women that we call today victim shaming. There's one victim he talks about who had an abortion. Did you need to know that? Was that important for the case? Is that critical? Because you know what? She lives with that shame now and it's in his book. Why? Why would he do that? There's more, but I don't want to go into it because it's not my place. But I'm just going to tell you, you need to look at the why. And it's, it's maybe the number one thing I'm so afraid of of writing because I don't want to accidentally hurt anybody. I know what it feels like. It fucking sucks. My oh, poor daughter has to live with this. Can you imagine? I'm going to go home this weekend. I'm going to go home my house. I'm going to go to my house, not this dorm room. Look at my beautiful cat. He's the best. Okay. All right. So this is bullshit. And, I, and like I said, don't need to fight my battles. That's not what I'm looking for here. I'm just looking for you to get woke. I'm going to use the vernacular. True crime people who are woke are fucking awesome. And most of my fans are woke. They just are. The people who follow me and support me are woke. And so that's why I feel confident and comfortable sharing this with you. I need you to know what's going on and I'm just being truthful. And, um, and, and maybe I'll feel a little better. Maybe I'm gonna have to tell my own story. That's gonna be hard, but there's a lot to tell. And again, I walk a line because I really want to go forward and do good. I want us to come together. I'm so fucking idealistic. I just want us to come together and do good. I want us to hear one another and I want us to see each other. And I want us to not judge people's mistakes and flaws. And I want, if you are ever responsible for making a production about people's lives and their biggest traumas, their biggest tragedies, because that's what this is, our biggest, our, my biggest tragedy in my life is this trauma, then you need to come in and you need to do good. You need to do good. That's what you need to do. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to wrap it up because clearly 
I've used all the Kleenex in this house. I now use napkins. Today's napkin is Togo's. I'm featuring Tayday's <sighs> Togo's napkin, which is my Kleenex of the day. There's Kleenex here somewhere. I don't know where. Don't live with your kids. They never have this stuff grown up though. Yeah, and end on humor because um, because that's me. I want to be. I want to laugh again. I do. Okay. I'll see you guys later. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a. Um, I'm gonna try. I'm still trying to write up the that court date. I need to write it. It's really important. So I'm working on that, and it's coming. But I wanted to get this out before <sighs> Sunday night show episode three. I just wanted to get this out there so you can consume it at least, understanding the context. Like I said, do good. Don't fight my battles for me. I'm okay. <sighs> um, virtual hugs always appreciated. And then I'll talk to you guys later. <sighs> Bye, everybody. Venture Highway in the sunshine, where the days are longer, the nights are stronger than.